what is happening, sports fans? Um, we finally heard your responses and got my ugly mug off of the screen and onto the audio only so uh, that uh, you could actually start to enjoy the product and get past the visual appearances of it all. I'm joined by the laughing voices of Tommy Morris. What's up? And Aaron, uh, I'm going to see if I can get it right this time. Aaron Birthman? You got it. All right, sweet. Um, Something like that. So uh, thank you for joining us on the San Diego Section Guys Basketball Podcast. We are into the semifinal edition. couple of big upsets, couple of quote-unquote upsets, and a couple of teams just hammering at home that they are the top seeds and they deserve to be right where they are. So um, we're going to go D5 all the way up to open. So you can jump around this podcast as you see fit, or you can just power through it all and show some love to some teams let's start though in that division five bracket Aaron um I will always toss it up to you uh before we get going on the games yet to come is there any team up until this point that you need to give some love to or can we go straight into the uh into the game in the semifinal matchups now let's go all right so the first one is number eight San Pasquale Golden Eagles versus number four, Del Lago Academy. Now, San Pasquale, all postseason long, has been the interesting sort of litmus test of does the D5 deserve to have big schools in it? How does this all play out? They, right now, just keep on winning. They uh, took down the number one seeded San Diego, Aca- or San Diego Academy. I apologize for that to get here. So, Aaron, we'll start with you. San Pasquale, Del Lago, with a spot on the ship to the line. Who do you got? I'm going to go with San Pasquale. Um, we talk, like we talked about, they're a large school in, in a small pond. Uh, and, and, you know, they've done what they're supposed to do. They've beaten teams with, um, you know, with lesser talent. Uh, they face a Delago team that the two teams have some history. Last year, Delago beat them in the, uh, I want to say the first round in an 11-6 upset. And there was some bad blood from that game that carried over into when San Pasquale beat them by 22, I just think that San Pasquale just has way too many weapons. Uh, calling out a couple of guys who played really well during the um, during their run: Raymond Rodriguez, uh, Voyo Danilovic, and uh, Vernell Fournier. Their backcourt guys have really gotten it done, and I don't see them face encountering any resistance in this matchup. So I'm going to go with San Pasquale. Over to you, Tommy. Who do you see here? I'm going to go with San Pasquale as well. They're coming off Ooh, a night. Turn you down on that. Team, yeah, sorry, <laughs> I was really excited. Um, San Pasquale as well. They're they won by 19 points in the first game over the one or the last game, excuse me, over the one seed. They've got Del Lago. Del Lago scored 39 points in a win last game, so they're going to need to uh, bump up the offense there a little bit. But again, I said it when the brackets came out. San Pasquale is probably going to win this thing, so I got to stick with it. Yeah, I'll agree yeah. with San Pasquale. Make it a clean sweep, and I will just echo Aaron's sentiment on Vernell Fournier. The guy's got some handles. It's a team that can dish it and score a ton in the paint, which ultimately, I, 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 you know, you love the the three point shooter. It's very splashy, but I still think at the high school level, live in the paint, get to the bucket, score the guaranteed points. On the other side, the number six Claremont Chieftains, the number seven Liberty Charter Lions. I think that this one goes Liberty Charter's way. We'll go over to you for this one, Tommy Morris. I'll go the other way. I'll go with Claremont, the six seed coming off a three point win. Again, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, the smaller, the, the bigger school in the smaller bracket. I think we're going to see a San Pasquale Claremont finals, and it'll be the eight six game. Aaron, all right. I think I'm going to go with Liberty Charter. 
they've been really impressive. And that win over two-seed um, High Tech North County was no fluke. That was a very good win. Jonah Belprez, a 6'5 sophomore, has really turned it on the second half of the season. He scored 30 in that overtime win. And after seeing Claremont a few times this year, I know they've been decimated with some defections from the team. Uh, Jimmy Jarvis, their uh, their star guard, uh, decided to leave the team early to uh, focus on baseball, which is his primary sport. Uh, I see the size that Liberty Charter has giving Claremont some problems. So whereas I normally would go with the larger school, I think Liberty Charter has the better talent. Larger players over larger school. Fair enough. Uh, we go on now to the Division Four bracket. Here's what we got. The number one seeded Southwest San Diego is still in it. Diego Edwards and company looking to go from D5 champs to D4 champs. That plot line is still very much alive. They take on the uh, lowest remaining seed in this bracket in the number five Imperial Tigers, who are their own league champs, and maybe potentially... I, I'll, I'll just go. I'll stop the maybe. I'll just label them as this is the biggest test that Southwest San Diego has had this year in Imperial. That being said, I still think that Southwest San Diego gets it done. This one, though, is a complete coin toss, last team with the ball wins type of game. Aaron, how do you see it going down? I see Southwest winning this game comfortably. Okay. Um, maybe like 10 plus points. These two teams played each other earlier in the year, I believe, and. Yeah, in, uh, Southwest got that win 84-62 in a non-league game of Southwest. I, I just think that at this stage, we talked about it multiple times, that in these divisions, the teams who have like a, who have a Joe, who have a go-to guy, really get it done. And whereas um, there's a lot to be said about Imperial and the talent that they bring to the table, um, all right, Diego Edwards is just kind of an insurmountable object in this bracket. Uh, give a lot of credit to Sonny Escalante, who's had a really good year out in Imperial. He was the catalyst of both wins thus far, but I think Diego Edwards is just going to be a little bit too much for, uh, for the Tigers. I also think that Dion Ford, a sophomore for Southwest, has really come into his own later in the year. Uh, this is a kid of six four, six five ish, power forward who can shoot the ball, kind of that cut from that new mold of you know inside out, face up four men. I really like his game. His emergence has allowed Diego Edwards to be even more free to do what he wants on the court. So I'm going to go with Southwest in a, in a ten plus win, and they're headed to the finals. I'm going to agree with both of you. I'm going to go with Southwest San Diego here. I'll keep it short and sweet. No need to add on more. You guys have done. Good enough job explaining yourselves. <laughs> Just going to agree with you. Fair enough. Other half of that bracket is the number three Mission Vista Timberwolves, who I think we all came to a consensus is one of the more refreshing mascots in San Diego versus the number two Mount Carmel Sun Devils. This one, um, man, this, this is one of those ones where you're like, you're kind of happy to see this because both of these teams played up, played tough schedules in the regular season, and now it's time to see them shine in their element. I think that Mission Vista, though, has the ability to shoot Mount Carmel out the gym. So I'm going to go with Quinn Elliott and the deep ball from Mission Vista. Tommy Morris? I'm going to agree with you. Mission Vista, 
on a blowout win last week. Mount Carmel struggled against Calexico, which scares me. I, when the brackets came out, I thought Mount Carmel was one of my favorites, but after seeing that last week, I'm going to go with Mission Vista. Aaron? I think I'm going to go with Mission Vista. I will say this, though. Uh, Calexico actually had a pretty good year out of Imperial, so that was kind of a tough matchup for Mount Carmel, but I think you guys have kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, Mount Carmel really struggles to score the ball. Um, on the year, they're averaging under 50 points as a team. They've had some really grinded out wins um, throughout the year, you know, 38, 30 wins and things like that. I, I, I think that this is the time where Aiden Twyman um, and company really get gets it done. I, you know, it can't, you can't, again, stress the fact that if you have a guy who can create for himself and for others, it makes the game that much easier. And when Twyman is going, it makes it easier for Quinn Elliott, for Tristan Trejo, and for the other guys on that team to really um, get those comfortable open shots. So I'm going to go with Mission Vista. I think this is going to be a close game, but I think offensively they've got the firepower to pull it out. All right, so everyone take a deep breath. This is your natural break. Go get some water. Go get some chips. We're moving on now to the Division Three bracket. Now, full oh. full journalistic disclosure. Oh, boy. That terrifying oh, sigh from Aaron is because he has a bloodline relations to this one. His son <laughs> plays at San Diego. His son, Aaron, you want to just run him through the credentials that, that AJ now has after this season? No, it's all right. Um, he's had a good year, and uh, he's seen so alive. That's I think. Wow. More, more importantly, wait. Hold oh, no, on. no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I just want to say something. I just okay. want to say something. In the line of work that we are in, we meet a fair amount of parents that are DMing us, emailing us, whatever it is, to get their children some shine, brag about them, asking us to put their JV highlights up on our page. <laughs> And Aaron's kid is literally the conference player of the year, and he doesn't even want to address it. Fair enough. I don't know. Maybe that's some sort of bad juju. Uh, Aaron, we will let you abstain from picking, but we would like you to play maybe both the angel and the devil on the shoulder, give a little bit of uh, insight into both. And I use that reference because it is the Sweetwater Red Devils, <laughs> the number one yeah, yeah. seed. They uh, they beat San Ysidro for the fourth time this season. They will be taking on the number four San Diego Cavers, the Cavers last year's division four champions. They are moving up. So a couple of teams now with that chance to repeat, quote-unquote, as champs. But my goodness, I I just – the Sweetwater team at every turn finds a new way to win. Some of these are low-scoring games. Some of these are high-scoring games. They are big. They are physical. So I think this is San Diego's toughest matchup that they face this season. Tommy? First of all, I, want, I just want to answer this question really quickly because it's, it'll bother me if I don't ask. One-on-one, who wins, Aaron or AJ? Right now, AJ. Okay. Uh, I, I, <laughs> with, I think it's the, the first time you said that. With a busted knee as it is right now, I can't, I can't guard my kid. If you're if the, healthy, how about this? If you're the same age, if, if who wins, 17-year-old Aaron or 17-year-old AJ? Who AJ's wins? only 16. Uh, or 16. So, I'm sorry. Oh, 15-year-old AJ versus 15-year-old Aaron? Yeah. That's no, that's no contest. 15-year-old AJ whoops my bleep. Well, this is a podcast. You can say whatever you want there, man. Uh, but... 15-year-old AJ kicks my ass. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to go with San Diego here. And, and AJ, I trust. I'm going to see. It will be a very good game. I think this is – actually, both these games in Division Three are going to be great. All four of these teams are about the same in my book. But I'm going to go with the Cavers here. 
hopefully they don't uh, don't upset me here. So now, give us a little bit on both sides here. So what I think is interesting about this matchup is the contrast. Uh, like like you mentioned, Christian Sweetwater has gotten it done with the strength of its interior. C.J. Jackson, C.J. McMillan, both you know six 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 seven six five, both weigh at least two hundred thirty pounds apiece. Uh, one's an athletic freak around the rim. The other one, a kind of a skilled beast, you know, who kind of overpowers you off the off the bounce. Uh, but if there is a weakness, if there if there's a place where they struggle at times, it's with their guard play. Um, Jimmy Maddox has kind of had an up and down year, and uh, you know, he as a sophomore, he's kind of he's the other sophomore on that team that gets garnered a lot of attention. But you know, if you look at the flip side of it, the Cavers, uh, their trio of guards has really you know kind of you know ruled some of these games recently. Daniel Thomas, my son, and of course Steve Stenson, the transfer from Victory Christian, have you know each put their um, imprint on games. Whether it be Daniel with his overpowered, overpowering driving ability, which sets up guys like Stenson and and AJ um, off the bounce. AJ's offensive and defensive versatility, and then of course Steve Stenson's competitive fire. You know, it's a it's a really intriguing uh, matchup. Where I think the matchup is going to be won is whether or not Tyler Stanley Castillo, the six six junior from San Diego, and Jaleel Jackson, uh, the six three power forward, you know, weighs two hundred fifteen pounds for San Diego. If those guys do what they did against uh, Casey Grandfors and uh, Benito Hurtado from University City, who are both 6'6 and 6'7 respectively, if they're able to, if they're able to do what they were, do there and kind of cancel that, that matchup out, then San Diego has a really good chance of winning this on the road. But like Christian mentioned, Sweetwater is the number one key for a reason. Other side of the bracket, Del Norte, the number three, Valhalla, the number two. So I would like to point out for those of you that are not – paying attention to all the numbers and brackets we're throwing at you. This is the one, two, three, and four seeds all in the final four. This is exactly mathematically how it is supposed to play out. Now, Del Norte and Valhalla, again, two very differing teams. Uh, Valhalla this season, I think at this point we can... Three-ball Yeah, they're, they're basically the greatest three-ball team in the, the single-season history of San Diego section. Uh, Del Norte leans more towards the defensive side with, uh, with Alex Moore and company. I just don't see any way, though, that Valhalla, if they can even come close to being on, loses this game. Uh, let's go. Uh, we'll go Aaron last time because Aaron didn't get to make a pick yet this bracket. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pick Valhalla. I think it's going to be a really close game, though. Uh, here's why Valhalla has has struggled against teams that bring size and physicality, and struggling obviously is, is relatively speaking. They only lost three games this year, but if you look at their three losses this year, uh, they lost a game to University City. Uh, actually, lost that one rather convincingly, 69-51. Uh, you see, obviously, Casey Grandforce, Benito Hurtado. They lost a game to Hoover. A few days later, uh, Hoover is another team that, again, really physical, uh, will beat you up. And then they lost a league game at Granite Hills. Granite Hills, another team that uh, that McKay Roberts is the feature on offense, but they are 
very, they were very physical, and they play a pack line style of that gives you trouble. Del Norte has a lot of size um, and a lot of functional size. Alex Moore, his brother, uh, Zach Moore, I believe his name is. Make sure I got that yep. right because I think I yep. – Yeah, Zach Moore, uh, Alex Moore. They've got a sharp shooter in um, Tanner Tallstrip, who's also 6'4 as a junior. Uh, they also have another big guy, a versatile big guy, David Latou, who's about 6'5". So they have that size and that functional size that gives Sweetwater trouble. Where I think Sweetwater wins this – I'm sorry, gives Valhalla trouble. Where I think Valhalla wins this game is the point guard matchup between Dom Safari and Ryan Lowe. Ryan Lowe, a sophomore, has had a solid year. Uh, but the experience and that big game capability of Dom Safari is going to be what pushes him over the top. I mean, he's been single for a lot of the season, single-handedly willing Valhalla to some of these wins. And I think this is going to be another case where, you know, when push comes to shove, they're going to get a high ball screen, let Dom go to work, and they close it out in a six- to seven-point win, I think. Fair enough. I'm going to go with Valhalla as well. I think Del Norte, very impressive last week in San Diego, only allowing 35 points. Very impressive, but I was going to mention Dom Safarda, probably the best pound-for-pound basketball player in San Diego. I know there's a guy at Foothills Christian who we're going to talk about later who may press for that. I know Country Day's got... Aaron, one-on-one, who wins, Dom Safarda or Jaron Nafaretti? Jaron Nafaretti, and it's not even close. Uh, I love Dom Safarda. He's a great player, but I think that the, the freedom that he's given in the Valhalla system kind of amplifies his productivity. Jaron has to share the ball with, you know, two really good players in Yassine Garam and, and DJ and Carter Hollinger. But Fair if enough. you just cancel them out and play them one-on-one, I think defensively, Jaron will give Dominic problems. All right, on to the Division Two bracket. Here's your moment of zen. Yeah, let's do it. And we begin. All right, number one, Rancho Buena Vista, the team that kind of has been all season long... Hey, let's go. Let's get to these playoffs. Like we're we're mm-hmm. racking up twenty plus wins. We're in the top ten conversation. They are one win away from getting to that validating game. They got to get through bishops, the one, the four. Tommy, how do you see this one playing out? I'm gonna stick with the one here. RBV. We talk about defense. They allowed thirty four points in their game last week. Very impressive. The bishop school with a close win. Um, in, in the playoffs, they got a 46 points in the, in the last game, all being in a victory. Christian Rose, very good player, but I see Rancho Buena Vista winning this game. Aaron? I think RBV, um, it's been a redemption year. Obviously, last year they were the two seed in the D3 playoffs and lost in the first round to a 15 seed UC. They didn't let that happen this year. They have, you know, run through the, their schedule fairly comfortably, you know, couple losses in league, but they've gotten right back to it. Scripps is a team that Bishops. was going to give them – no, I was going to – Scripps the previous game. Last week yeah. was, was a team that was going to give them a lot of problems because of their style of play. I mean, look at that score, 45-34. That game was played at Scripps Ranch Pace, and RBV was able to pull it out. The, these two teams, Bishops and RBV, played each other earlier in the season in the Torrey Pines tournament, I believe uh, – Yep, and uh, RBV won that game comfortably, 66-50. to 50. I, I just think that uh, Nick Le- 
you know, let me rewind and also give Bishop's head coach Nick Levine a lot of credit. Uh, in a year where I think Chad Bickley's a front runner for head coach of the year in section, I think Nick Levine deserves Levine deserves a ton of credit. They lost a lot, a lot of talent from last year's team, and we're still able to get to this point. But I think the run stops here. I think RBV wins this one. So, Aaron, I'm glad last you brought up last year's playoffs where RBV lost to a 15 seed because if Rancho Buena nice Vista, segue, it, right? what's that? segue right yeah exactly so uh because uh if they do advance they will be doing some scoreboard watching to see if the number 15 seeded bonita vista the lowest remaining team in this bracket can take down in any bracket uh can take down the number three team carlsbad this is a very very interesting one because again we add another team into the mix that was in a finals last year that could potentially be in a finals again this year just in a different bracket that is carlsbad this one, I just like you, you gotta think that with Carlsbad beating Tory Pines earlier this year, you know that the height, the pinnacle that Carlsbad can play at is a pretty darn good team. I just don't see them not living up to something close like that in a game like this. So I am gonna take Carlsbad, but the last time that I picked against a Bonita Vista team in the playoffs. Otoa Fox kicked the doors in and uh, <laughs> refused to take an interview with me after winning a championship. So, oh, I just, like, this one, this one will be, can, can games be decided by, like, penalty kicks where you show it, t- it's like the same score, <laughs> but there's, like, a little parentheses afterward. Like, this is going to be a huge. Yeah, uh, Carl's bad by the sl- slimmest of margins. Aaron? I think Carlsbad wins it comfortably. I love Benita Vista's story. Uh, Don Dumas is one of my favorite coaches in the section. Uh, he's done a really good job of guiding this very young team to this point. Uh, the X factor in the, in the first round of games was the fact that matchup-wise, if you don't have really good guard play, especially at the point guard position, they're going to give you fits. They press, they trap, they've got four undersized, but very impactful sophomores, DJ Sanders, DM Sanders, uh, Momo Stokes, and Rachon Square, who are all, you know, very different players, but get it done. And then Adrian Wade, uh, an undersized five-man who will give you problems if you're not strong there. Look at If you look at Westview this year, Westview was strong on the wings, struggled with the point guard play um, from, for, for most of the year. You look at Escondido. Uh, Jacob Hutchison, the player of the year in the Valley League, good scoring guard, but you know isn't like isn't a, a you know a great or terrific ball handler, and the other positions on the floor were pretty much a wash. But this game, Carlsbad does have that equalizer in Jalen Nelson at the point guard position, so you're not going to be able to trap or press or do those things and speed Jalen Nelson up because. You know, he's used to that. That's that's what he does. And then you take into the fact that uh, if you, you know, in, on the interior where Wade might have gotten, you know, a lot of those rebounds because he just is going to out-hustle and outplay the front court of some of those teams like Escondido, like Westview. Carlsbad has a bevy of kids, 6'4 plus, who get after it on the board you know, starting with Carter Pouchet, sophomore Caleb Nelson, uh, 
you know, bringing Bradley Smith off the bench and Brogan Pietrocini at the four position, you've got guys who are going to get after it on the boards and neutralize the impact of, of Wade um, as, that, as that undersized five-man. And, and then, of course, you know, Carlsbad has one of the most raucous home court advantages uh, that you will see. So I think that this is going to be kind of like a replay of what happened last year where Carlsbad advanced to the D3 finals comfortably over Brawley, which had a few ups, uh, seeding upsets leading into that semifinal round. So I'm going to go with the Lancers. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Carlsbad. Ever since Jalen Nelson started playing, they've been pretty unstoppable. He had a triple-double yeah. against LCC, albeit in a loss, Ooh. but still, triple-double in high school, not easy to to do. So. Nope. I like Carlsbad, and I like Carlsbad to win this whole bracket. Wow, yeah. Aaron. You, you, you you and me both. You and me both. No, guys, guys, Sorry. guys, 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 guys. <laughs> That's giving away the product ahead of time. We got to. Well, unless I change my mind. Yeah. Okay. There you go, Tommy. Now, kick, save, and abuse. Yes. Um, moment of zen. Okay. Division one bracket. Another one where it's played out with one, two, three, and four all being here as it mathematically is supposed to be. The first game, the Cathedral Catholic Dons versus the La Jolla Country Day Tories. My goodness, this is a game that, I mean, you go through different phases in the season. Cathedral got out of the gate slow. Country Day got out of the gate hot. Country Day got injured. Cathedral got healthy. Both of these teams, I think, this is this is they they they're both ready to be semifinals teams. This is almost though robbing us of something that would be an absolutely amazing finals matchup. But we'll take it in the semifinals. I will give this one to La Jolla Country Day. I think Ryan Langborg and company edge this one out. Tommy Morris. I'm gonna go with them too. They just be the of, homer, they, man. They, just be it. They had a weird season. But going to the playoffs, they lost five in a row, which is very very uncharacteristic of them to lost San Diego by a wide margin. Very uncharacteristic of them. They kind of picked, they definitely picked it back up against Orange Glen and a blowout win there. El Camino last week, 10 point win. I think they're kind of back out of their funk. So I'm going to go with the Tories. Aaron. I'm going to make it a sweep, uh, tepidly speaking, because Cathedral right now, is probably playing the best basketball of any team that's not in the open division. Uh, not named Foothills Christian. Uh, they they really turned it around the latter half of the year. But when I look at the matchups, I look at where Cathedral is very strong. Uh, Cathedral has you know an interior force in Obina Anyanwu. Uh, Jason Taylor is a type of player who does really good against guys who you know who thrive in the paint uh, because of his length and his ability to alter and change shots. Uh, Thomas Notriani has had uh, an emphatic sophomore year. I mean, he's been one of the highest-scoring sophomores in the class uh, on that winning. Uh, my country has Ryan Langbord, who, you know, was, as we've all said, 2,000-point scorer in his career, trying to go out on a high note. And then at the point guard position, you have Alex Wade, who's had a very solid year in manning, uh, manning the front for Cathedral, a very good playmaker off the dribble, and a healthy Raymond Lou for La Jolla Country Day is one of the best defensive guards in the county. So they counter all of Cathedral Catholic's strengths, and I don't think Cathedral Catholic has a very uh, an answer for the Hapka twins. If all three of those are equal, 
then the John and James have good are going to be going to be the X factors in this game. And, and so out, I, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Shout out to Raymond Lou also being part of that pound for pound conversation. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to pick Country Day. I think it's going to be the closest game of the brackets that we've talked about thus far. But I think Country Day speaks it out. On the other side of that bracket, Francis Parker and Montgomery Parker last year's division. Two champs. Mm. So, I mean, you talk about upward mobility this season across the board in San Diego. It's been really interesting. Parker brings Max Gwynn, Kimo Ferrari, Matt Bender, names you know that they know how to get it done. On the other side, Montgomery brings Kyle Perinato, who is now all sorts of historical in the South Bay. Montgomery as a team, they break up modern-day Catholics' monopoly on it, so a little bit of the team of destiny, if you will. So I'm we have a cough button, Tommy. You can do it. Go ahead, cough, cough, cough. Um, um, so uh, I will go with Montgomery in this one. Aaron? I'm going to, you know, I, 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 this is going to be one of the harder games to pick because the health of Kimo Ferrari is a concern for the Lancers. He missed the last game. Uh, he's been having some issues with uh, hip flexor the latter half of the year. He missed games during league and, you know, came back and had to sit out during the playoffs. If he's healthy, I think uh, Parker wins this one. I, I also want to bring up the fact that this is going to be a fun matchup just simply because of the history between these two teams. Last year, Montgomery was the one seed in the Division Two playoffs and felt like they got hosed uh, to a certain degree uh, with, a, with Prince Parker kind of backing into the playoffs, getting guys eligible like Kimo and uh, Max Gwynn and, and Matt Bender. And, you know, uh, I'll say this, that Ed, Ed Martin, who is usually fairly uh, even keeled, was livid after that game. He felt that, um, the, he felt that the coaching staff uh, was pretty disrespectful for Francis Parker in that win. So, I mean... This is going to be one of those games where, like, there's there's bad blood. It's going to get physical. I think Parker wins it if Kimo's healthy. But if Kimo's not there, this is going to be one of those games where Montgomery finally just breaks through that ceiling that's been, you know, thwarting them these last few years and makes it to a title. I know I can't be more, you know, committal to it, but it really does come down to whether Kimo plays or not. I'll go ahead and go with Montgomery whether he plays or not. This is a team that hasn't lost has not lost in over a month in the playoffs so far. A win of twenty three points and a win of twenty five points against Patrick Henry and Helix. That Helix went very impressive to me. Montgomery's looking good, so I'm gonna go with the Aztecs. Uh-huh. That does it for the Division One bracket. We head now to wait. That, that that's all of them, right? That is yeah. Open. Oh, oh, oh. that's right. We still got the open to talk about. Oh, you yeah. guys thought we heard of them. about the biggest and the best. Number one, Foothills Christian. Number five, Vista. They are on one side of the bracket. Number three, and these Tor- games are on Wednesday. These games are indeed on Wednesday. Um, thank you for bringing that up, Aaron. I probably should have been telling people that the whole time. Um, <laughs> Foothills and Vista. Torrey Pines, Mission Bay. Those are your two semifinal matchups. So we have a potential for an open division rematch. We do. But we also have a potential for a very different open division championship. So... I, I think that it's uh, it, it it will start with Foothills Vista just because for me that's the easier of the two to figure out and I say that uh, based off of what we saw 
in that first round. Foothills Christian is gelled. They are cohesive. They are a very, very solid team. Aaron, you mentioned on our opening round playoff podcast that lately Derek Carter-Hollinger has been playing like a man possessed or, or, to, or something to that extent that he's been playing his best basketball the last couple of weeks. I just don't see any way that, that this Foothills team doesn't win this one. Tommy? Uh, a guy named Morris, a guy named Hillstock. Okay. So you're taking Vista. I want to. You know what? Screw it. I'll take him. I'll take. I'll take him right now. Yes. Whatever. I'll call the upset. I, I. I'm well aware that Foothills just blew out San Marcos. Someone's got to take him. Pick Vista last week. They did it for me. This will be the upset. Would you? Would you all agree this would be the upset of the, of the whole postseason if this happens? Oh no, Benita no Vista doubt. would. Uh, uh, yeah, Benita Vista over Westview is a pretty big. Yeah, but <sighs> I. I still think. I still think that the expectations of this Foothills team. Versus the expectations of Vista would make that would would make this win its rival. I'm gonna call for it. I'm gonna say Vista. There we go. Okay. Put it in paper. Um, put it on the chalkboard, <laughs> bulletin board. You can put it on the board. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Foothills Christian. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. I think this is gonna be. I think it's gonna be a very tough game for them. Uh, for for Foothills Christian, and the reason why is because Anthony Bolton is one of the better in game coaches. Uh, in the section, makes really good adjustments. And as we've seen with the Santa Fe Christian win, you know, Santa Fe Christian was a team that gave Foothills Christian a lot of trouble in their two matchups during the season. Uh, Vista was right there step for step. And I think that uh, Tommy brings up the fact that, you know, when you got two seniors who can score the ball and play on the other end as well, you're always going to have a puncher's chance. But I think what's going to be the deciding factor for um, for Foothills is, you know, they they bring three big guns to the table, whereas Vista brings um, two and a half because Nico Taylor's on the rise, but he's still a sophomore, and I think this is where you know where this is where that game where that might you know that experience edge that Foothills has in their big three. Will um, will be the deciding factor, but I think this is going to be a game that's played within five to seven points, and I'm going to go with the Knights, much to the chagrin of one of my good friends, Anthony Bolton. You say uh, played within five to seven points. The combined difference uh, for Torrey Pines and Mission Bay's wins was five points between the two of them to get to this point. This is interesting. Yeah. Mission Bay as that seven seed is deceptive. It, it, it is not necessarily reflective of that team's caliber content. I, it, it, it's just, you kind of got to throw that away and really almost like you got, I mean, do you dig for the bench and that maybe that's the difference? Do you dig for the fans? Maybe that like this one to me could be decided just because it's a home game. Other than the fact that the last time, Mission Bay played at Torrey Pines that I saw in person. Boogie Ellis did not score until the fourth quarter, and they were the deciding points. So I think that Mission Bay has the, the, the ability to eke out another win. I think that they win again by one, and they set some sort of CIF record for being like lowest, like smallest margin of victory throughout an entire playoff run. I could be crazy, though. I am crazy. What am I talking about? Of course I'm crazy. Aaron, am I crazy or am I not? No, I I think you've made some really good points. And uh, 
point out the fact that this is going to be a razor-thin margin. Uh, Mission Bay has experience playing in the Olive Garden. They won there, uh, like you mentioned earlier this year, Torrey Pines. They beat Torrey Pines in the Open Division uh, Open Division semis last year by a single point, is by two points. So I think this is, you know, that experience, and then the fact that Mission Bay finally is everyone's on on the same page. Uh, they went through a stretch during the regular season where chemistry issues, injuries really just had them sideways. Uh, some voters in the in the in the top UC voter uh, voting poll had them out of the top ten at one point during the year. Blasphemy. I kind of was, yeah, I, I was steadfast with them in the top five six because I felt the schedule that they played was going to prepare them as long as they could get everyone just you know dialed in and focused on you know focused on the team and not on you know the individual and once they did that and once they all kind of bought back in it's it's been you know that that win that they had over Saints was one of the more impressive road wins so far this season in San Diego so I think they're battle tested. They've proven they can win in Torrey Pines, a hostile environment. And Boogie Ellis is himself, and he's ready to go. And the and the supporting cast is ready to go. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Mission Bay in this one. I think it's you know we're gonna have another open division, uh, another rematch in the open division championship between Mission Bay and Foothills Christian. Yeah, they're the seven seed, but sometimes when you draw a seven, it kind of looks like a one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love it. And that's where I kind of with this team. They, they didn't get the points that they needed from their schedule during the regular season because their star players were out or injured for, for some of those games, which definitely affected their win-loss totals. So now they have everybody back. It's going to be full strength. There's full strength. Torrey Pines, Mission Bay, which is completely different than if they would have played during the regular season. I don't think Mesh, or excuse me. I don't think Tory Pines lets this happen two years in a row, though. I think. Ah. Uh, I think Tory Pines. Gonna so you're taking Tory. Taking Tory, yeah. You're taking Tory. Going to. Wow. Nice. Okay. But, but I will say this, and I said this uh, before their game last week with Mission Bay when they beat Saints. I, I, I'm pretty sure I picked Mission Bay because again, they're not really a seven seed. They're, they're probably. You know, they should be a one through three seed, but just the way things worked out this year with the regular season, they didn't really perform the way that they should have, and they end up here with a seven seed. So this is basically a championship game, all things considered. So I, I think, again, Foothills definitely factors in there. Vista definitely factors in there. But these could easily be team one and team two, but I'm still going to stick with Torrey Pines. All right, so I got I to gotta, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a left turn on you here, Tommy. Okay. Um, normally, we close out shows with Tommy Morris hitting conspiracy theories. I'll hit you guys with a conspiracy theory. Um, did we don't have to address this? I will let everyone in, in Twitter discuss this. Uh, did Marshawn Cherry sort of neg- negotiate this season to get that seven seed just to keep things interesting, just to keep things fun, and prove that he can win in the playoffs on the road? I don't know. We may never know. If he was, then he was being a little too cute with it because he came dangerously <laughs> close to missing the Open Division playoffs. Uh, the second thing I want to know, um, Aaron, did you see uh, Boogie's shoes at the Saints game? The Louis V's? Yes. Yeah, I did. Those are nice. Okay, I, that's what I was going to say. Is is it crossing the, the threshold of ridiculous, or are you enjoying this? Oh, man, shoe game is cool, man. Let the kids let the kids be, be the kids. I mean, unless... 
unless the team has like a team shoe, you know, and, and then you got the one guy, you know, expressing his individuality. I, I get where that can rub some of the old heads the wrong way. But, you know, if everybody's wearing shoes and you, you know, you happen to have, you know, a pretty unique pair of shoes. So how do you top, if, for you personally, Aaron, how do you top Louis Vuitton's shoes? Because that, that, he brought that out in a quarterfinal game. He still has two more pairs of shoes, hypothetically. And those are Jordan 11s, too. That's not just any shoe. Yeah. So, so Aaron, how do you top Louis Vuitton's shoes? I guess maybe some Burberry, um, Burberry, uh, uh, fours, maybe. I don't know, man. That's going to be hard. I mean, that's, that's a tough act to follow. Oh, this is, it's too bad this is an audio one because Christian's actually wearing Burberry right now. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, short of maybe, you know, borrowing a pro guy's kicks. Like it's gonna be tough to. Oh, so you're saying up, he's man. gonna go find Jordan's old pair of sneakers hanging around some wires, uh, some telephone <laughs> like wires. Mike, yes, Mike, Mike. yes, oh, I love it. And oh, on that note, sports fans, we will say thank you very Wait, much. For... I, I want to add one thing to this. Oh, please! If, if you're wearing these shoes, you better freaking win. Yes, yeah. you have to win. Well, no, he made a game-winning shot in those shoes. That's what I'm saying. Yes. You, if you're wearing yeah, those you shoes, you have to win. You can't wear Louis V's and be like, you know. Averaging five points a game, you got to be a hooper. Like you know, you, you got to you got to be a ball player. I do want to see Bo- someone try and pull and off. He's a ball player. I do want to see someone now. Now that you say that, I do want to see a bench player. I want to see somebody at like 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 a, a college kid this year on on a bench somewhere rocking just mad shoe game. Um, but that is a whole another <laughs> six headbands, forty five armbands, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. whole deal. Yeah, that that's a that's a whole another podcast. Sports fans, thank you very much for tuning in and sticking around. If uh, you clicked through to the tail end of this podcast just to listen to the Open Division. I highly recommend you go give all the other teams some love and bounce around to all the other divisions. Aaron, have you picked what games you're going to – I'm assuming you're going to the San Diego game? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll be at the San Diego game. And then uh, Wednesday I probably will be at the uh, Mission Bay Torrey Pines game. Fair enough. Um, we will uh, we will say goodbye. You can, Aaron. You want to do the shameless plug as to where everyone can find the most aggressive Instagram story? Like you, literally, there are there are fifteen year old girls at OLP right now that don't have your Instagram story game. So tell everyone where they can find you. <laughs> uh, I'm at all platforms. Full time hoops one. Twitter, Instagram. I, I'm not very active on Snapchat, but uh, Twitter and Instagram. Full time hoops one deal uh we will talk to you uh, after all the dust has settled and we are on to the finals and tommy moore is doing cool little dust settling motions that mean nothing now that we've become an audio show <laughs> thank you very much aaron thank you very much san diego and we will talk to you guys soon see you